The Yesterday and Today podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun compilation of chronological source materials as they pertain to the Beatles. The show is in no way affiliated with Apple Corps, nor any organization connected to John, Paul, George, or Ringo in any way, though we do consider ourselves premier members of the Bungalow Bill fan club. So kick back, turn off your mind, relax, and download the stream. We hope you will enjoy the show. Yesterday and today. The year is 1986, and this is episode 6 The Conclusion. Back over in the UK on October 27th, EMI Parlophone Records released the single Pretty Little Head by Paul McCartney. It is also accompanied by a worldwide video release that centers around a young girl who runs away from home after having an argument with her parents. The video stars Roger Lloyd Pack, who is best known for playing Trigger in the BBC series Only Fools and Horses. Paul McCartney with his new one with an opening phrase that you may remember from Sgt. Pepper's Here is Pretty Little Head.
with the new one from his Press to Play album, Pretty Little Head, a video that was shot partly in Scotland, which points up the scary side of running away from home, a subject that Paul has dealt with before. You may have noticed the video begins with a bite from another song about running away, She's Leaving Home. It showed up on a little album called Sgt. Peppers, released by a little band out of Liverpool that Paul was once in. Back in America on October 29th, Capitol Records released the single Stranglehold, backed with Angry by Paul McCartney. Both songs were taken from Paul's album Press to Play. The single was issued exclusively in the United States and reached number 81 in the U.S. charts. On November 4th in Amato, Arizona, near the McCartney's own ranch, Paul films a promotional video to his new single titled Stranglehold. Working again with film director Bob Giraldi, Paul and the band, that consists of guitarist Dwayne Skyaqua, drummer Jerry Murata, bassist Neil Jason, baritone sax Lanny Pickett, baritone Alex Foster, and alto sax Stan Harrison. The band play in a small restaurant club called Halfway Station. He's with me. Over on guitar here, we have a young gentleman called Dwayne. I'm going to give you the first name. And the Papago Indian in the back here is Jerry. Two gentlemen on the saxophones here. Alex. Yeah, Alex. Lenny. And Stan the Man. Thank you. And of course, Oscar.
After filming in Arizona, the McCartneys fly back to the UK. In the next couple of days, Paul works on the now legendary 14-track album Hot Hits and Cold Cuts at Air Studios London. Working with producer Richard Niles, Paul and Niles add orchestration overdubs to the 1979 track Blue Sway.
At the end of the session, McCartney takes the master tapes back to MPL, where he logs them for future reference. Later in the month, Paul and Linda fly out of Heathrow Airport in route to Munich, West Germany. The reason was to attend the Bambi Awards on November 20th. The Bambi is a German award presented annually. It recognizes excellence in international media and television to personalities in the media, art, culture, sports, and other fields, with vision and creativity who affected and inspired the German public that year. McCartney was there to receive the Lifetime Achievement Award. In yesterday, suddenly, I'm not ever man I used to be. There's a shadow hanging over me. Oh, yesterday came suddenly. Lifetime Achievement Award, 2017. Lange blieb er nicht der Superstar Paul McCartney. Auch in München gibt sein Nachtflugverbot und so war der Beatle um 22 Uhr schon wieder auf der Rückreise nach London.
On November 24th in the UK, EMI Records released the album The Anti-Heroin Project, It's a Live-In World. The album hosts many artists including Ringo Starr and Paul McCartney, who had given their time, messages and songs in a unified effort aimed at thwarting the British youth's increasing heroin problem. It's a long time since we had Beatles. It's a long time since we had Yellow Submarines. Though I suppose we still have got plenty of blue meanies. In fact, I think we've probably got more of those now than ever before. Yes, time passes so quickly, but too quickly for some. You know what I'm talking about. It's the heroin problem. And it's a rapidly growing problem too, especially amongst today's kids. In the 60s and early 70s, we had psychedelic drugs, flower power and caftans, and people wanting to be beautiful. But that was then. Today, some kids just want to escape altogether from life. Don't you believe in God? What's the use of living if you can't take dying? But what's the use of dying if you've never lived? Let's show today's kids that there is something better. And let us all make it better all the time. So come on, don't be stupid. You put a hole in your arm, you must have a hole in your head. Over to you, John. Can you hear me, John?
Also on the 24th in London at the Royal Command Performance, personality David Frost introduces Paul McCartney as he performs his latest tune in front of Her Majesty the Queen. Your Majesty, It's my happy duty to welcome you to the Royal Variety Performance in aid of a charity you know well, the Variety Artists Benevolent Fund. A heartfelt welcome for a much-loved lady. Majesty, Your Royal Highnesses, my lords, ladies and gentlemen, a little-known group from Liverpool who got into the charts for the first time with a song called Love Me Do. Well, with the Beatles... With wings, on his own, Paul McCartney has gone from strength to strength. His entry in the Guinness Book of Records Hall of Fame refers to his unparalleled achievement and contribution to popular music, both as a composer and as a performer. 43 one million sellers, 67 gold discs, yesterday the most recorded song in history. Now here with the first performance, the first public and television performance of his latest composition, Mr. 
Paul McCartney. Only Love Remains. You should take your love away from me. I'm only gonna want it back. I'll probably pretend I didn't see. But knowing me,
Paul McCartney with his first public performance of Only Love Remains. Terrific. A few days later, on November 28th, also on Drury Lane... Hello, Ringo Starr here. Ringo Starr records and films several TV and radio advertisements at Theatre Royale for Sun Country Wine Coolers. I'm now pouring the Sun Country Classic into a clear crystal glass, which complements the clear color of Sun Country Classic quite nicely. Now for my favorite part. I get to taste it. Mmm, it's dry, a classic good taste. Well, so there you have it. The sound of one guy enjoying a Sun Country Classic wine cooler. Now, if you want to know what you'll actually look like when you taste Sun Country Classic, just go to your nearest mirror and smile. Sun Country Cellars, Canandaigua, New York. After recording, Ringo and Barbara fly to the Bahamas for additional commercial ads for Sun Country. Hi, Ringo Starr here for new Sun Country Classic wine cooler. Some people think coolers are just for the summertime. Well, some coolers might be, but not Sun Country Classic Wine Cooler. It's the perfect cooler to enjoy all year round. It's got a dry, distinguished taste that goes as well with burgers and french fries as it does with the holiday turkey and cranberry sauce. Its crystal clear colour looks just as lovely in a picnic cup as it does in a long stem crystal flute. Sun Country Classic fits in as well at a baseball game as it does après ski. Enjoy some while watching a setting summer sun or before a crackling wintry fire. It even goes as well with an Aries as it does with a Capricorn. So you can enjoy some country classic wine cooler anywhere, anytime. As a matter of fact, I'm taking a few bottles with me bobsledding. Are we rolling, Bob? Ta-da afternoon. Sun Country Cellars, Canandaigua, New York. Ringo is reportedly receiving one million U.S. dollars for radio, TV, and print ads for the product. Ta-ta! I'm off to the beach with my Sun Country Classic Wine Cooler. Actually, the Styrofoam Cooler might come in handy as a surfboard. Sun Country Cellars, Canandaigua, New York. December 1st on American Television. with you on MTV. From now until Friday, we have a special treat for you. We've got the Beatles cartoons revived from the 60s all this week. And Saturday and Sunday, you can catch them at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central, and 7 Pacific. MTV begins rebroadcasting selective highlights from the 1960s television cartoon series, The Beatles. Alan Hunter here with you. Time to shake and rattle and roll with the Beatles, who are featured in our Sunday morning cartoons. Today, now, John, Paul, George, and Ringo all write books describing how they met. However, which of the four versions is the truth? Plus, we got a little sing-along with the boys to And I Love Her and also Michelle Mybell. So stick around. As a new generation enjoyed the colorful mishaps of the mop tops in cartoon form on MTV, an older generation of lawyers marveled at the ongoing legal issues that still reigned over the former members of the Beatles. Former Beatles are in the midst of an involved lawsuit over royalties with the band's label, Capitol Records. Figures. As of December, there were many legal battles involving the Beatles as a group, as well as the individual members and their record companies. 
there was the Beatles versus EMI, the individual Beatles versus Apple, Apple versus Capital, but none of which drew more emotion than the lawsuit from Harrison, Starkey, and the estate of John Lennon versus McCartney and MPL. No hard feelings, chum. Here in New York, Paul and Linda sit down with their legal team and relatives Lee and John Eastman for a routine briefing on the state of affairs regarding all legal battles and lawsuits between the Beatles, Apple, EMI, and Capitol Records. Adding fuel to the fire is the infighting between Paul versus George, Ringo, and Yoko regarding the override status of McCartney's earnings, above and beyond that of the other three. George, Ringo, and Yoko sue for equalization of royalties from capital EMI. Offering to bring the old um, penny rate on the 62 countdown up to the present countdown, which is a 10% of the old So, so that means on all the, rec all the old records, they'll they pay a higher royalty. The, high, uh, the, the records from 62 to 66, mm. they'll pay the same royalty they're paying on the records that remain after 62. Yeah. And that there won't be any increase. That will be the that only increase. Be, that will be the only increase in royalty. They won't bring that up to the American team. They won't add 40 percent, no. 40 cents on no. top of that. And, there, and even if we do our case, our case is limited to the United States. Is this? Yeah. So there's no chance of getting that on a trial. Right. Which is where they're so bad. Now comes the part of the show where all you boys and girls get a chance to test your vocal cords. We call this the sing-along. All you kids out there will now have a chance to sing this next song right along with us. Sing, kids. Here we go again. suggest to them that we would settle our outstanding claims in return for an equalization of the other three. Right. That would mean that I wouldn't get anything. Obviously, Capital couldn't then go and give me it as well. They've already given me it. So it was agreed that they, each of them would give me a million to compensate me for the loss of those six albums. Right. They then agreed that this is okay. I then told this to John, who wasn't too happy about it, obviously, but I said, but, you know, I do want peace. It is the price of peace. It actually didn't seem too bad to me because I'm not against them being equalized. I mean, if it can be done, fine. If it can't, tough. But um, we decided then that the advisors should go to capital 
and should try to get the override. There was no sort of question of they must get the override. It was like they'll go and they'll try. Ideal world would be that they'd get exactly what I had, that they'd give me the million each, and in brackets it said, or better. In other words, if they can do a better deal than merely equalizing me, so much better. But I say that the or better also in it presumes or less. I mean, if you're talking about variations, you know, you say or better. There's some kind of, I think you've got to be realistic and assume it might be a little less. Well, and we did even we talk, talk about that. We did, because I asked them. I we said, said, what do you get if we can't exactly. get it? And, and they we said, you go in and, and try and get the very best. Get it to the others, to the directors. So I said, you know, it doesn't answer the question, but that's the way it was left. There's the never way, any question. Well, no, 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 there was never any question in the whole thing that I was going to equalize. Never even discussed it. No, no. Well, it was not. That's what I wanted to hear. Did they say something they, about that? See, they have this, this, they have no, the idea. I feel that I'm so desperate to settle the Apple thing that I will go along with all of this sort of stuff. Paul well, is desperate like but a whole man. I just got it from Dennis that Harrison, well, one doesn't know about Ringo, Yoko is, you know, it's, it's the general, um, she's always looking under the bed. But Harrison has this idea that there's something lurking in there that requires Paul to settle the capital application. He doesn't know what it is, but that is... Oh, it's is just he doesn't want his kids to be hung exactly, up with Apple. Yeah. And Paul yeah, but, is willing to blow and up Paul, Apple. And Paul, I'm sure, said that to him, but you know what? They don't believe it. No, they don't. Sure. You say, this it's is the truth. Traditional, yeah. In fact, they, they threatened me yesterday. I said, look, this, these are the facts. I said, when you did can they take it. Last night? No, no, no. This was um, a while ago. I said, this, these are the facts. I said, you can take it to Only the bank. Either. Take it to the bank. These are the facts. How long have you known me? Have I ever said anything in any of these meetings that at the end of the day didn't open the book there well, So they don't trust Paul, you said? They don't trust me. They don't trust no, us. I think, I mean, you so know what happens, when you get playing Monopoly or chess or whatever, you have to assume that your enemy, quotes might have something up his sleeve. And I think they know well, you that know you what? guys they are had not so much stupid. up their sleeve. Well, exactly. Yeah. Yoko's yeah. has oh, so much up her true. sleeve, she's Paul, well, the answer is this, though. They went to the English solicitors who said they had no chance. That's right. That's right. I know. I pointed that out to them. I said, I said, look, I said, for instance, anyway, I said, I know you've been to England, and you've been turned down. And they said, oh, no, it was insufficient. I said, well, I know you've been to America. I said, and I happen to know the guy, this Martin London. I said, this guy will do anything. I mean, you're kidding. You can get a lawsuit for, like, stepping on someone's toe in New York. I mean, someone will take it. I said, but it's, I find it very significant that the English people, and it's an English case, as I remind them. I said, the English people, where it is a case, refused him. And they all kind of... The contract provides that all disputes will be decided under English law. You are agreement with the others to settle the partnership dispute. Yeah. Martin London's letter did not mention a single English case. It was all based on New York case. Yeah. Yeah. And John, a phony well, I mean, what a phony thing to get. meeting December 1st we said therefore as seeing as everyone's so this meeting really was about the override I came into this meeting I've given you the preamble but right. I want to remind you of it was that before that I was ready to blow up Apple right finger on the plunge I said I'm so fed up with this company 
if it all has to go to Maggie and her taxman, fine. So I, I threatened that. Ringo said, no, come on, don't be silly. George said, I can't understand why you'd want to do that. You know, it'll all go to the taxman. I said, yeah, I know. I said, you don't think I want to send it to the taxman, but I don't need this grief. I'm getting on quite nicely in my own affairs, and I want a bit of quality of life. So I said, I'm ready to blow it up. Ringo, I said, and to do that, I will withhold promotion fees. It will then be seen as a non-trading company. Government would up, and that's it, gone. Uh, I said, it would be a great pity, but I'm prepared to do that. And I ha that was my posture before December the first meeting, based on things like the previous year, a whole year before John had said to me, it's now May, we'll have it done in June. And now June had come, July, August, etc., etc. It had gone so far. So I said to Ringo, <clears throat> no to promotion fees. He said, it's your buddy. And I'm asking for one set of pocket money. I need it. I'm your buddy. He and his wife pleaded personally with me. I said, okay, look, here's the deal. We'll meet. I'll give you one more set of promotion fees. I said, but you must understand, there's only, I only have one lever in this entire situation. The rest of the time, I'm at your mercy. But I do have one lever, which I can use my veto and say, I'm not going to pay anything. He said, one more set, please, just for your buddy. I said, right. Said, but if you come to me after for any more promotion fees, I said, you're definitely not getting them. So he said, it's a deal. He said, if anyone asks you for more promotion fees after this, he said, I'll be on your side with the plunger. He said, we'll both push it together. One more set of fees. I said, okay, you've got it. He said, you know, you are my friend. I hate to see you sort of begging me and stuff. So let's just do it. Your missus, I like you a lot. Let's just do this. And of course, I don't want this adversary position anyway. So I said, I'm happy to do that. So we'll meet December the 1st. We'll give this one more set of promotion fees, and we'll try and get some sense out of everyone. Ringo then convened that meeting, it was his doing, and he did rather well to get everyone the same place at once. We then, as I say, went through the whole thing. I said, stick it. When they, when they blamed me for the override, I said, we're perfectly clean. I said, these Eastman boys do not do illegal stuff anyway. So do you want to fight us? Fine. You know, we're ready for you. Let's do it. So I say, they got a little more sensible and they said well then you know let us work something out and I who had actually come to that meeting that's not this is what I wanted to tell you I'd come to that meeting wanting one thing certainly not capital because I've got it 
I wanted Apple to be closed down that day. And I capitulated and I said, oh, all right then, look, I'll do you a deal. Seeing as you're all my friends, let's all go to capital. Let's try and get you equalized. That's point, this is, this will, this should be point one on the agenda. Try and get you equalized, eat or better, see what we can do. If you get equalized, I'll be compensated for my six albums by three million is a snip, but it's the price of peace, I'll do it. Um, so that was the agreement. And then I said, and the, the other thing here, and this is all written down on, a, on our sort of policy document, it's all very naive, but it was written down and copied. I have a copy of that. Then the second point was, soon after as possible, and finish Apple up. Look very neat, you've got a capital, equalize them, you've got a capital. So saying to John, that, okay, as point one has been impossible, like we sort of thought it might, we now just moved to point two. Now John's very happy about that because he put some distance between these things. Hey John, if I were the lawyer to them, I would grant the settlement because they're getting an override. That's what I'm saying. I have the country, I have the world, John, and most important They're boss. arrogant. They're but they're big heads because, and they're dumb. You know,
He said, well, you know I do that. And we were yeah. drunk by this time. He said, you know I do that. I said, Ringo, I'm going to ring him right now. I'm going to tell him just what you just said. Barbara, did he say this? And I got it checked out the very next day. Preemption okay. went. What got the next day? It's exactly Preemption went. It, it was no longer... And the point I'm making is, Ringo did not have half a finger on grasping that issue. Don't explain to him, Paul. And I'm telling you, this new thing that you just put that we just said then, in a nutshell, that they're willing to spend double of uh, double that six hundred thousand to get less back each year. If it they just win their losses, they don't get it. To get to get less, even if they win the if losses. If they win it lose. It's very simple indeed. I write a song with you. I'm You're my partner. So well, I don't want an Arab as my partner if I can help it. That's yeah. all I know. So I said, hey. Linda, if you ever sell, offer to me for the same give me, amount. Give me a I chance to have. No, no, no. I don't have Lee, an Arab for a partner. Lee, look, the only the joke is anyway. It's I in the okay. rules. We don't even have to ask for that. Paul, That's who, there. But who can? We just have to refuse to give it up. Exactly. I don't understand why they didn't take what Capital offered him, but I've already. Let me tell you how, why. Let me. I am. I am one of them. I am one of them. Let me tell you why. When we were in the Beatles, if someone said, "Your voice is worth five pounds," someone came up and said, "I'll give you four fifty for it." You'd say, "No, my voice is worth five pounds." Now, if you're in the Beatles, that's fine, because you've got all the power like the Jacksons have got now. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Family, you're a hot ticket. Sure. You can do that. Sure. It's no longer like that, and they don't know that. They they will not admit. The demands of George Ringo and Yoko to be equalized or reimbursed for the extra royalties resulted in Capitol Records holding hostage the Beatles record releases on CD. <laughs> this week, the ex-Beatles lawyer said Capitol is punishing the Beatles by not releasing any of their records on CD. A Capitol spokesperson says the label hopes to release Beatles CDs this year, but he added, there is no firm date set yet. Oh, do something! Perhaps a bit of music to soothe the savage beast? Here we go again. It was around this time in December over in the UK, Adventure Records released the album The Hunting of the Snark by Mike Batt, Along with the LP, a video is issued for the first single. He served out some grog with a liberal hand and bade them sit down on the beach. And they could not but own that their captain looked grand as he stood and delivered his speech. The pop panel is assembled, we have the videos lined up and we have the voting to come. Uh, the first one is Mike Batt from his new musical, The Hunting of the Snark, and this is the first single out, Children of the Sky. On this song, George Harrison is featured playing slide lead guitar.
I quite like the special effects, but um, and I like the shot of uh, Neil Kinnock as a young man in the boat. <laughs> but uh, I, I didn't think it was that great. I'll give it three. Throughout the month leading up to the holidays, Paul and Linda can be found on a publicity tour in the UK for the album Press and their latest single, Only Love Remains. Upon traveling to Newcastle upon Tyne on December 11th, the couple were en route for an appearance on the TV show The Tube when they experienced some car trouble and their car caught fire. The couple managed, though, to get to the studio for a short interview by 13-year-old Felix Howard. Hello, Paul. Oh, I feel. <laughs> How are you doing? All right, yeah, good. Now, you've been making records for a very long time, even oh. before I was born. Yes. <laughs> now, what keeps you going? Oh, I don't know, really. Food and drink. Basically. If you weren't Paul McCartney, who would you like to be? Oh. <laughs> Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> well, I'd... Okay, fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, well, I'd change a few things, you see, if I was her. Thank you, Paul. Felix, you're welcome. Paul also performs his latest single live on the show. And if you take your love away I didn't see But knowing me I want you back again 
Over at the Music Box Studios in London, Paul gives an interview for the cable channel, Private Eyes. Back in Liverpool these days, I mean, they've got monuments to you and you can take a guided tour around the, all the houses where you and the rest of the Beatles lived as kids and the schools you went to and the barber shop in Penny Lane. How do you feel about that? Well, it's just strange. You know, there's, not, you can't, there's no, no way you can really feel anything about it except it's just a weird feeling. It's like when Willie Russell wrote that... Uh, John Paul, George, Ringo and Bert play. And people said, well, why don't you go to the theatre to watch it? You know, It's weird going to see something that it's you, but it's being treated like a legend. It's being treated like it's not you. Um, I don't mind it, of course, because, you know, it's what we wanted was fame. So you can't, when you get it, you can't knock it. But it feels weird. On December 12th at McCartney's Hog Hill Studio in Rye, Paul, working with recording engineers Eddie Klein and Matt Butler, record a new unusual instrumental titled Squid.
On December 13th in London, Paul makes an appearance on BBC TV's children's show, Saturday Superstore, with host Mike Reed. We've got some burning questions from the gang over here, haven't we? Aaron, you've got a question. Um, did you play Kiss Chase at school? <laughs> you filthy beast. <laughs> yes, I did, actually. Oh, and, and all we the others. So. We Postman's knock, all no, the rest. No, no, no. Well, the girls used to run really slowly. <laughs> Paula, you've got a question. If you were to go back to when the Beatles first met, would you change anything? Uh, I don't think so, no. Because, you know, we, we had such a great time kind of thing that uh, all of the memories are special. You know, even it's like a, a holiday where it rains. You forget all the crummy little bits and you just remember all the good bits. So I wouldn't change a thing. Is it easier to remember everything or do, do things just... Is it sort of very vague in places? Right? Oh, a lot of it's very vague, yeah, because by now you're talking about going back longer than these kids have been around. So, uh, I mean, it's like you trying to remember what it was like the second week of your life, you know, it's slightly hazy. But, uh, you know, the nice memories remain. Danielle, do you like spiders? Do I like spiders? Yeah. Oh. I do, yeah. What's wrong with spiders? Nice little Ooh, fellas. They've got too many legs, that's what's wrong They're with them. They're very nice Too many legs. <laughs> They're the requisite number of legs. Eight Time per one spider. More, one more quick question, yeah. yes? What's your favourite food and why? My favourite food? It's a hard question, that. Huh? Egg and chips. And why? Just because, I don't know, I like egg and chips with uh, bread and butter and, uh, you know, ketchup and, you know. Yeah. Something like that. Paul, well, thanks very much for coming in. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. See you Thank soon. You. Good luck with the single. See you. See you, kids. We've already said. On December 16th, it is reported that at London's bankruptcy court, Denny Lane has been declared bankrupt, with tax debts to the Inland Revenue Service in excess of £53,000. It had also been revealed that he had sold his publishing rights for the hit song Mall of Kintyre to Paul McCartney for £135,000 back in 1981. At the London Court of Appeals on December 19th, three judges uphold Ringo's claim from July and declare that his backdated alimony payments to his former wife, Maureen, should begin in April 1986 and not be backdated from 1979, as was originally decided. A small win for Ringo. A holiday tradition for 21 years. I've children. It's time once again for America's favorite Charlie Brown adventure. It's an Emmy award-winning special. It's a Charlie Brown Christmas. Then he's back, the original cool guy. And this time he's going to melt your heart. So chill out with Frosty the Snowman. Share the holiday spirit Friday on CBS. December 25th. Christmas Day. Ooh, something for Santa. Paul and Linda wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Happy Christmas to one and all. Wherever you are.
Christmas, Paul. Happy Christmas to you too, now. How's Christmas Day going for you at the moment? Wondrous. Lovely, as usual. I do love Christmas. Paul, can you remember the best Christmas Day that you've ever had? The best Christmas Day I've ever had? Um, that's a very difficult question, in truth, because, like, most of them have been really good, you know. Um, if I go back to my childhood, I remember one time when I, I got a fort, um, and it was supposed to be Father Christmas had done it. I was getting a little bit older now, and um, turned out my dad had written the note actually in shaky handwriting, and my uncle Joe made the fort, and it was brilliant. That that was really great. Um, 
come in a little bit later, because I, I can't just mention single out one day, come a little bit later. Uh, I've had some brilliant days with my kids, uh, you know, when they give me presents and stuff. One of my kids once came up to me and said, uh, this was before Christmas, he said, Dad, I can't tell you exactly what I've bought you for Christmas, but I'll give you a clue, it ticks. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I found out what that was, actually. And then, you know, more recently, I had a brilliant day, uh, quite recently, when uh, Linda bought me uh, a guitar. It was a Les Paul, actually, which is like a brilliant guitar. So that, that was me set for the day. How about that? There's three days. Have you ever had a bad Christmas? I haven't really. No, you know, I mean, uh, generally by the time Christmas Day comes around, you know, maybe a little bit uh, headachey first thing in the morning when the kids all come leaping in at <coughs> half six. But um, it's, I've never really had a bad one, I must admit. Not, not that I can remember anyway. I've had some, you know, reasonably duff presents. Will that do you? <laughs> yeah, well, what was the best Christmas present that you've ever had? Oh, actually, I got this really great nail clipper. <laughs> it's probably the best thing I've had all year, actually. <laughs> Paul, thank you very much for joining us. Merry Christmas to you, to Linda, and to all your family. Thank you very much. A happy Christmas to you and all the viewers. Following the Christmas holidays at Friar Park, George begins assembling names of musicians for a new album project. Rumors in the industry swirl that Ringo, Eric Clapton, Jim Keltner, and Lawrence Juber will be getting together with producer Bob Rose at Friar Park in the next few weeks to record. Meanwhile, at Hog Hill Studios on December 29th, McCartney works on a new song with recording engineer Eddie Klein. What opportunities did we allow to flow by Feeling like the timing wasn't right, right What kind of magic might have worked if we had stayed calm Couldn't I have given you a better life? Did I ever take you in my Say that you were grand 
get inside If I never did it I was only waiting For a better moment That didn't As the year 1986 comes to a close, the music industry mourns the loss of Phil Lynott, age 34, the lead singer for the band Thin Lizzy. If you were around, how you was where you could be found. Told them you were living downtown, driving all the old men crazy. And Cliff Burton age 24, rock bassist for Metallica. Top songs for the year 1986 are Keep smiling, keep shining, you can always count on me. Sure. That's, what are for. That's what friends are for by Deanna Warwick and Friends. Say You, Say Me by Lionel Richie. That's the way it should be. Say You, Say Me. Say it together. Truly. The Bangles with Manic Monday. Cindy Lauper with True Colors.
At the box office, the hit films were Top Gun, Aliens, Stand By Me, and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And that brings the year 1986 to a close. It's the New Year's Eve Ball, all dressed up in 180 red lights, looking like the flashy city it represents, the Big Apple. And here we are at the crossroads of the world, Times Square, live on New Year's Eve, where about 250 miles of neon lights seem to turn the nights into day. the crowd here in Times Square is really starting to build. The police say we're going to have more than 250,000. You know, Gladys, I'm used to huge crowds at football games, but I have never seen anything like this. Happy New Year, everybody. See you in 1987. For more information or to contact the show, visit yesterdayandtodaypodcast.wordpress.com or email at yesterdayandtodaypodcast at gmail.com. Also visit at Yesterday Pod on Twitter and search Yesterday and Today Podcast on Facebook. See you next time. Paul Kaminsky. I'm James Kaminsky. And I'm Wayne Kaminsky. And we bring you the Kaminsky family of podcasts Yesterday and Today and the Third Men podcast. You might know me from one of those dumb voices I do, or my dad (laughs) from his better show than ours. (laughs) 
Wow. And we're here to tell you about some cool merchandise you can pick up for the shows. As we mentioned in each episode, we do not in any way profit from these shows whatsoever, but to break even on some expenses, we have put up some cool merch that you can pick up to help support the show. Yes, some fun apparel, things you can put on yourself. Are we going to be selling Marks and Spence underwear? <laughs> Don't worry, we will. You can head to our social media pages, that's facebook.com slash yesterdayandtodaypodcast or facebook.com slash thirdmen, or you could head to society 6 dot com slash Kaminsky Family Podcast. That's society the number six dot com slash K A M I N S K I Family Podcasts. Yeah, keep our lights on. I'm in the dark. <laughs> Dad, any words of wisdom? Hello? The lights just went out. <laughs> Guys, we need your help. <laughs> Buy stuff. Perhaps a coffee mug that you can enjoy a beverage out of while listening to our shows. And if you haven't got yours, please send forth in and get a free one. All right. Thank you, Dad. All right, we'll see you on the podcast, folks. Bye. It's audio. You can't see me. Oh, for God's sake.